day of May, May 31st. Good first week here. I'll be honest, these uh, days after the final games are going to kill me. I was up till about 12.30 last night, up 6.15 to try to get this recorded. Well, we're going to start with basketball, obviously, as the Raptors go out, get game one in uh, convincing fashion. I mean, the the Warriors stayed within a arm's distance the entire game. You knew that they had a chance to just make a run at any moment. But the Raptors made some big shots in the fourth quarter uh, when the Warriors were able to cut it to three. The Raptors answered with a quick little run to push the lead back out. And at that point, it was pretty much uh, over. Uh, you know, the Raptors never really tested again. There were a couple moments where it got to five, I believe. But uh, the Raptors behind Pascal Siakam. And that's the story, Pascal Siakam. He was a guy who's going to win most most improved player this year. He's been really good. He pro, you know, he he had some uh, third team All NBA consideration. He's a really good prospect, and he's kind of what helped the Raptors go to this level. Last night, uh, he had a couple early threes, which really just opened up the driving lanes for him, and he put Draymond Green in a blender. Like Draymond Green is proof that the triple-double stat is overrated as he pulls up a 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists game, and everyone's like, wow, triple-double, Draymond Green, triple-double. And then you look, and he's two for nine. He has six turnovers, five fouls, and got completely dominated on the defensive end as Siakam went 32 points, eight rebounds, five assists, two blocks, a steal, no triple-double, uh, but you definitely, definitely are taking that game over Draymond's. If if Siakam obviously plays even close to that in that series and, and, and the Warriors don't have an advantage with Draymond Green, this series is going to go in Toronto's favor. It just is. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, man, he didn't look good. Did not look healthy. He tweaked his knee in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals. He's playing through it. Uh, but you could tell it's bothering him as he kind of labors up the court and doesn't look as explosive. But, hey, it's the finals, and you rested a lot of games this year to get here, Kawhi, and uh, no one's going to really excuse you because of an injury, especially when the Warriors are dealing with so many injuries of them, you know, of, of their own, with Durant, obviously. Iguodala gets hurt at the end of the game. <laughs> Iguodala, uh, man, I'd be surprised if he played the rest of the series after pulling up lame. At the end, he was already dealing with some issues. He wasn't great anyways. He was scored six points, was 0 for 4. They pretty much dared him to shoot. He couldn't get it done. Uh, the Warriors bench actually chipped in a lot of points. 36 points, if I'm not mistaken. They they chipped in and looked good and, and tried to help the Raptors bench. Didn't, I mean, I guess they got a big shot by Patrick McCall at the end of the third quarter that kind of uh, staved off a little bit of a run. He was a former Warrior, so it was good to see him make his first shot of the playoffs. He picked a good time to make it, uh, but outside of that, it was really just Fred Van Vliet. It still trips me out that his name's not Fred Van Vliet. His whole eight-year career at Wichita State, I called him Fred Van Vliet. It's Van Vliet with a V. But he was awesome last night. Came out, hit his first couple shots. Scored 15 points and really helped 
uh, that that Raptors unit. And man, really for him, if you're Fred Van Vliet, you are going to have a chance to really impact this series on the defensive end. Because when when he was in guarding Steph Curry, uh, things went pretty good for the Raptors uh, by the final count of John Schumann. Uh, Curry scored two points on 29 possessions with Van Vliet as his primary defender. That's uh, really good, obviously, right? In two games this season, Curry has scored six points on 68 possessions when Van Vliet guards him. So uh, if he if he could play at a, a solid level, this is going to be a fun series. I don't want to overreact to game one and say that I think the Raptors are going to win the series, although I have all year said that I'll take the field over the Warriors, and this is the last shot. And I do think this ser- series wasn't as lopsided as everyone was acting. Like many people uh, were telling me it was going to be a sweep. And even last night, they're like, oh, well, I guess the Warriors are just going to have to win in five. They better hope Kevin Durant gets back, man, because uh, last night they looked more to be confirming my theory that the whole Warriors don't need Kevin Durant thing was really just because the Blazers uh, aren't very good. They weren't Western Conference Finals good. The Toronto Raptors are NBA Finals good, and uh, the Warriors didn't look good enough last night, especially to, to win this series on the road Now, granted, the Raptors had a historic game from Siakam, right? 14 of 17 from the field. One stretch, he hit 11 straight shots. He was dominating Draymond Green. Uh, Is he going to do that every game? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to go 32 and 8 and 5. You'll be lucky if he gives you 18 or 20 a game. You'll take that. But Mark Gasol, Mark Gasol was awesome. He had a couple early threes, uh, played some pretty good defense, fouled out, but before fouling out, had 20 points and 7 rebounds. So he was... Uh, the aggressive Mark Gasol they need. This was a good game. Danny Green hit three threes. That was a welcome sight. He was someone who was struggling. I believe he was four of 23 from three in the Milwaukee series, but he comes out, hits a couple early threes, hits a late three to kind of put the game out of reach. Danny Green was good. Kyle Lowry, two for nine. And that included a cheap three at the end of the game. He was really one for eight with four points, but he had nine assists. He had six rebounds, and he... And he was pretty good on the court, man. And he was. He uh, shares a team high plus 11 for the uh, plus minus. And Lowry was tough. The numbers didn't look good, but he made an impact. We'll see where this heads in game two on Sunday. Uh, last I saw, the Raptors opened up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, kind of the same where, same place they ended uh, the the betting before game one, we'll see. Um, I think a lot of people will think the Warriors are desperate and need to win game two. I don't necessarily think that. I think they're very capable of losing game two and then still uh, winning two in Golden State and coming back for a pivotal game five, maybe with Kevin Durant. So they're not panicking. After the game, Draymond said, hey, we liked where we were at. We played pretty shitty and still had a chance to win the game. So they're not panicking. They're champions, but they're running out of bodies. They did have DeMarcus Cousins return, and he did look pretty good as a facilitator kind of in the second unit, but uh, they don't have a huge talent advantage over the Raptors. Drake made a little news at the end of the game by calling Draymond trash. Drake got into it a little bit. For the most part, uh, ESPN didn't play up his involvement, although I do respect the move of showing up in a Dale Curry Raptors jersey 
uh, to sit courtside. He did have the decency of wearing a, uh, I guess, a wristband on his bicep to cover up his Kevin Durant and Steph Curry tattoos because you can't really talk trash when you got other men's uh, jersey numbers tattooed on you. But Drake was uh, fun to watch. Wasn't as animated until the end of the game when he told Draymond he was trash. By the way, I loved that Raptors team with Del Curry. That was the first team outside of being like this eight-year-old loving Michael Jordan. The Raptors in 2001 were the the first NBA team I really fell in love with. I don't know why. Vince Carter, Alvin Williams. I love Jerome Williams, a junkyard dog. He was the original junkyard dog of my life. And uh, Del Curry coming in shooting three. That was a fun team. It was weird. It's one of the weirdest things about me is my love for the 2001 Raptors. I even painted my room dark purple because of it. Yeah, I know. Uh, another NBA note, Rockets and coach Mike D'Antoni end extension talks without New Deal. They will let him play out slash coach out his final year and then go from there. The owner actually came out and said, I think D'Antoni did, us, did me a favor. If for some reason we have a horrible year and thought we need to make a coaching change, we don't have to pay him anymore. Well, yeah, that's how these one-year deals work, but it's kind of weird for you to say that to kind of speak this horrible year into existence, but it feels like the Rockets are at a real crossroads. It feels like their window is shutting. Uh, Dan Tony not going to have the extra years of uh, leverage. He's got, he's going to kind of be a lame duck coach. We'll see. feels like it could be a disaster in Houston. Uh, last big sports story is the spelling bee ends in a, uh, an unprecedented eight-way tie. After 20 rounds and having those eight kids spell the final 47 words correctly, it was called by the, I guess the judge or somebody who was there, I don't know, the spokesperson called it the most phenomenal collection of super spellers in the history of the competition. I don't know if the spelling bee is broke. I don't know if uh, eight eight kids is what we want to see. They all got the $50,000 prize, so shout out to them. And shout out to the sponsors or whoever ponied up the extra $350,000. But it feels like the spelling bee might be broken. These super spelling kids that that, that spend so much time studying this, they have broken the event. I love the shade thrown by uh, Raul Wayola. I don't know if I'm saying that name right. Raul Wayola said, this would never happen at my spelling bee. Raul is the founder of the South Asian spelling bee. He said, they need to use harder words. The words are available. Basically calling out the American Spelling Bee. And you know what? I kind of agree, although these words all looked really impossible anyways. But he says the words are out there, and he has his own Spelling Bee, so who am I to judge him, man? He knows what he's talking about. He's a professional. But he said they're coddling the kids. I didn't agree with that because during the radio show, uh, shout out to Talk Sports 12 to 3 every day, I noticed you know, at like 12 o'clock the Spelling Bee was up and running. And then after the game, I turned over from ABC to ESPN to see the uh, some finals coverage and get some quotes and uh, watch press conference and all that. And those damn kids were still up there spelling at 11.45. And I was just like, man, that's a, that's a long day. That's a grind to be up there on that stage battling for something. So I don't think they're necessarily coddled, but maybe if you just dropped a couple of big, huge, crazy words, I, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe they could have ended that. A little sooner. Get to a couple of uh, non-sports stories. Something that caught my eye this morning was that a a military judge frees the Navy SEAL that was charged with war crimes. 
after prosecutors were caught sending tracking emails. I don't know if you've seen the story of U.S. Navy Special Operations Chief Edward Gallagher, but he was facing a murder trial in the death of an Islamic State prisoner, but he was freed from custody after a military judge said, hey, there was interference by prosecutors. He had pled uh, not guilty in a 2017 case against a teenage militant uh, in Iraq and attempted murder for allegedly shooting at civilians from a sniper's purse. The judge has not ruled out whether uh, they has not ruled yet on whether to throw out the case or remove prosecutors over their tracking emails, which were sent to defense lawyers and a journalist in an effort to find the source of a news leak. Uh, but the judge said freeing Gallagher would be a remedy for interference by prosecutors. So that uh, was an unexpected move. It drew gasps at the hearing in the San Diego courtroom. But his lawyers wanted to get the case dismissed for prosecutor, uh, prosecutorial misconduct. And it seems like they uh, had a little bit of a win, or a big win, yesterday. Now we'll see if the case gets thrown all the way out or if they just kind of reset and start over. But um, they, uh, the prosecutors were accused of a, quote, rogue, relentless, and unlawful cyber campaign. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty big story. If you're waking up and you're checking the stock market, prepare to uh, see a bunch of red as global markets plunge as China trade war and Mexico tariffs uh, fuel a triple bit of bad news. Global stocks fell on Friday after the Trump administration announced a 5% tariff on all Mexican exports to the United States and that it will uh, rise to two, uh, 25% in October if illegal immigration doesn't fall dramatically. And of course, we've, we've been on this China story as it has uh, confirmed it has mapped out how to restrict America's supply of rare earth metals to hurt the U.S. economy. If you remember the rare earth metals, uh, we use them in a lot of our technology uh, stuff for iPhones, batteries, things like that. So a triple hit of bad news. I guess the third bit of bad news would be that China says that its manufacturing activity contracted in May as U.S. tariffs took a toll. Uh, yeah, so that's your triple bit of bad news. So Asian and European stocks and U.S. futures fell on Friday. So prepare to uh, see some red as you check your portfolio today. All right, that'll do it. I'll get this posted, get it up. We'll talk Monday. Talk Sports goes live at noon. That was your morning quickie. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me.